Welcome to New Hope's Sermon of the Week. We truly hope you're blessed as you listen to this week's message. Joy and I thank you so much for standing with us last week, and uh, we felt the support and uh, the prayer support by so many, and uh, my, our heart would have been that you left thinking it was bigger than a day for Joy and I being put in as senior leaders, but this is a, it's a new thing for the church, and it's bigger than just a couple, and it's something we all share in, and I'm still processing a lot of the prophetic words that came from this past week, but I've listened to a lot of them. Um, we're going to be talking about some of them going ahead, because, I mean, Harold comes in here, and he doesn't know us from anybody and he speaks at so many churches. I think they're, they're home three weekends a year, if that gives you any sense of how much they travel. So when he comes here, he has no preparation, almost, you know, tiny bit of preparation. So it's not like we prep him on, here's what you're coming into much. I mean, the day before, uh, you know, he might get an email or something, but that's about it. So when he says stuff about the, um, there's going to be a shaking impacting the earth from this place, we need to listen. And we need to be asking the Lord, what is that? What is our part in that? Um, and there's just so much we're going to unpack in the days ahead. But, I mean, there are some significant words released. It's talking about New Hope's impact on the region. Um, and something about the sound going forth that's going to shake the earth. So that's what I've been seeking the Lord on. I'd encourage you too. like, let's take this stuff seriously. We're going to try to get these words out to everybody so that we can all be praying over them and praying through them. Um, but that's that. Uh, I want to introduce our speaker this morning. If you were here at uh, 9 o'clock, you already got to hear him at some level. Um, but uh, John Lampanero is going to be speaking with us this morning. John has been here for decades. Um, he's, I was going to say, I've known John, but no, it's more like, John, you've known me for 30 years as a little kid growing up. So, um, And I always want to make sure that we, you know, honor one another. I mean, there's so many new people that have been coming. You might not know the history here of John and New Hope, um, but 1980, 1980, I don't want to date you, but that kind of does a little bit. So it's okay. I, was, I was two, if that makes you feel any better, John. <laughs> so, yeah, sorry. How about that for an introduction, huh? <laughs> John's like, I'll do it myself next time, you know. So, but uh, actually, it was pretty cool. John and I spent years on the worship team together. You may not know, John drummed here for probably 15, 20 years as a drummer on the worship team. He's been a prophetic voice here for uh, really as long as he's been here. One of the things I always remember that he said, and it became part, it's still part of our track today, right, Susie? that he used to talk with the worship team and uh, why we really have a sense here of hosting the presence of God, and that's one something we really value, was he always used to say from the Lord, if you respect my presence, I'll increase it. And that became something, right, Beth, for the Mary, for the worship team, for us for years, that if you respect and you honor my presence, I'm going to increase it. And it's like, what do we do when we respect his presence? How does that change our life? How does that impact our life? What changes and things, shifts need to occur in our life as a result of honoring him and honoring his presence. So that's another message for another day. Um, but I do want to honor him. And it was actually kind of funny because someone asked me when they had the bulletin this morning when they came in the front, a friend of mine, he says, who, so speaking today, who is John Lampanero? I said, well, did you go to the 9 o'clock class? Yeah, I did. That was him. 
oh, I like that guy. So, so right? So that's probably a wonderful endorsement. So welcome, John Lampanero. Praise God. Very gracious introduction. Undeserved, gracious. Awesome. If you're around me for any length of time, you'll hear me talk about one thing in the internet that I find extremely cool, <laughs> and that is YouTube. I love YouTube. I fix parts of my car, I fix parts of my house just by learning stuff on YouTube. It's awesome. You ever see those things on YouTube where the, uh, the guy's like standing at the top of the Hoover Dam and he throws the Frisbee down and it goes all the way to the bottom of the dam through three cars that have their windows open, ends in the bucket, and everyone's, ah! You ever see those? Are they crazy? Right? Or the guys who take the basketball and they shoot it off the top of Madison Square Garden and it goes through the, and he goes, ah! Isn't that great? You've seen those, right? Or the guy who takes... Like takes a rolling pin. He goes, I'm going to take this rolling pin. I'm going to take this golf ball. I'm going to hit the golf ball. It's going to hit that chandelier. Ping, hit that chandelier. Ping, hit that chandelier. Ping. Bounce off Rick's head and ended a teacup right next to Steve. And everybody goes, what? Sure enough. Poof, ding, ding, ding. Doof, poof, in the cup. You're like, whoa, is that crazy? Always amazes me when they do that. But who would devote their life to <laughs> practicing that? But uh, you've, seen, you've seen the YouTube videos, right, where they do that. Well, this morning's going to feel kind of like that. <laughs> this sermon is, I got to go all over the place in this sermon to make my points. So as Steve said, just sit back and relax. If it's not good, it'll be entertaining. If nothing else, <laughs> it'll be entertaining. And, and, and last week was so intense, maybe we need some entertaining <laughs> entertainment this week. Um, but I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to give you the title. Uh, can we do the first slide? I'll give you the title of the message, and I'll give you my three points up front. And then you can see. I'll give you my, three sh- well, I'll give you my two chandeliers and Rick's head up front. <laughs> and uh, we can see if I'm going to get there. The name of the title of the message is Hearing God. It's the fifth or sixth installment in the Kingdom Mindedness series, Hearing God. My three points are this. Who gives their three points up front? God wants to be close to you. He wants to be near to you. When God speaks, he has good things to say. God desires a constant, moment-by-moment, all-day dialogue with you. Those are my three points. Now, we get to see if I can get there. You ready? We're going to start out with a video. Videos are cool. A YouTube video. But first, I'm going to read from Psalm 33. Verse 6, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea together as a heap. He lays up the depths of their storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of him. For he spoke and it was done. He commanded and it stood fast. The video we're going to watch is by a man named Francis Chan. Uh, he is an international speaker and a pastor of a church in Simi Valley, California. And uh, are we ready to go? In what, what, what you're seeing right now. First of all, this is the earth, okay? Just, just, you're taken off from the earth from Southern California, and we're going we're gonna to rise up for a little bit here, okay? We're going to pull away from it. 
We're going to pull higher. Now, this is at about 10 kilometers. Like if you climb Mount Everest, this is what you'd see. You'd see the curvature of the earth from that distance. Now you're going to, we're going to climb up even higher. This is at 100 kilometers. And you're a fourth of the way to the space station now. This is what you'd see. If you get to this level, you're considered an astronaut. Just if you ever get there. Okay, now we're going 100,000 kilometers. 100,000 kilometers from the Earth. You're a fourth of the way to the moon. That's what the Earth would look like. Now we're going to pull away to a million kilometers. At a million kilometers, there's the moon. Okay, there's the moon. You can barely see the Earth. You're at a million kilometers now. You're past the past the moon, and uh, now we're going to go to 100 million kilometers. 100 million kilometers, you're still not to the sun. The sun's 93 million miles away. But now we're going to go to 10 trillion kilometers. Ten, there's the sun. Okay. You just passed the sun. Now you would see all of the planets at 10 trillion kilometers. And now we're at 10 to the 15th power. That means 10 with 15 zeros. I don't know what that number is. 15 zeros, and the sun's just like a bright dot amidst other stars. And now we're going to 10 light years away. At 10 light years away, come on, let's go. Zoom, there you go. 10 light years away. Now you just see the sun with like 11 other stars that are kind of its neighbors. You know, that, 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 that's our sun. And now we're going to go 1,000 light years away. At a thousand light years away, you, you wouldn't even see our sun anymore. These are just a bunch of stars close to it in this cluster inside the Milky Way. Now we're going to zoom out even further, and that's the Milky Way we live in. See that cluster of stars? Those are about 100,000 stars that are closest to our sun. You can't see our sun anymore at this point. Now this is our Milky Way galaxy, and forget about the Earth. Okay, there's our Milky Way galaxy that we live in, um, and we're just buried in there somewhere. And we're going to pull out even further, and you'll see that our galaxy is actually, it's, it's a big galaxy, and, uh, and all those other things you're seeing now are galaxies. And we're going to pull away 10 million light years now. His next scene is 10 million light years. Those are all galaxies you see amidst our Milky Way, several hundred galaxies. Now we're going to go 100 million light years away. This is the last one. We're going to zoom out to 100 million light years. Those are all clusters of galaxies. Galaxies and clusters of galaxies. You won't even see our Milky Way galaxy anymore amidst that. We don't have telescopes that go beyond that little sphere there. Praise God. Can we do the first slide? Or the second slide, it would be. All right, so there you have it. You know what that is, right? My very excellent mother just served us nine pizzas. Right? Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto. Now we have an opportunity to find out who the pizza people are and the nachos people are. You're either pizza or you're nachos. My very excellent mother just served us nine pizzas. Pizzas is Pluto. If you're a baby boomer, you're probably a pizza person. If you're a millennial or an ex, they got rid of Pluto. They said it's not a planet anymore, so now you have to change the limerick. It goes, my very excellent parents, or my very excellent mother just served us nachos. Just loses something. So who are the pizza people? Pizza people, Sam Strong. Let's have the nacho people. Haters hate. 
There it is. And of course, this is an artist rendition. There are no lines in space. <laughs> the planets do not have to follow a line. except in, And you know some of them that don't follow the line is because they're texting. <laughs> but there it is. There's our solar system, right? This one is sans Pluto. There's our solar system. Awesome. My son Thomas was looking at this as I was getting ready to preach, and he said, we know probably got some bad news for you. He said, and in five billion years, the Andromeda galaxy is supposed to collide with the Milky Way galaxy and form a new galaxy in five billion years. Not a good thing for us. But he said, don't worry about that, because actually our moon is in a decaying orbit. So before they collide, our moon is actually going to drop out of orbit and rear-end us. (laughs) Which cannot be a good thing for Earth. But he said, don't worry, because before those two happens, the sun is already at its half-life. The sun's just going to burn out. Poof! It's going to get real cold, real fast. So I suggest, when we get around 4.5 billion years, just keep gas in your uh, snowblower. (laughs) It's going to get cold, and fast without the sun. 4.5 billion years, make sure you have your affairs in order, you have a will, and you have all that other stuff taken care of. You've been warned. (laughs) Next slide. That's the Milky Way. Milky Way is like a pie pan shaped. This is, it's on its side, okay? This nice picture, artist, again, an artist compilation. This is, these are artist compilation pictures, right? hundreds, thousands of photographs, they put them together and say, okay, this is kind of what the Milky Way looks like. Next picture. This is definitely an artist compilation picture. This is the Milky Way, if you were to look at it straight on like this. It has four bands. It's called a spiraled galaxy, okay? And there it is. Whew. Milky Way galaxy. Just the Milky Way galaxy. See, this will be informative this morning, if nothing else. (laughs) Spiraled galaxy, four arms. Each arm has a name. Now, if you, don't you know, I love it when they give you ways to measure things. They give you actually a measurement that you can't wrap your head around anyhow. Speed of light is 186,000 miles a second. Speed of light, <laughs> which we can't do. So here's a measure that you like. You can't get your head around anyhow. But okay, 186,000 miles per second in a vacuum is the speed of light. So if you did, if you could sustain that somehow, sustain that for a year, you would travel 5.88 trillion miles in one day. 5.88 trillion miles in one day at the speed of light, which we can't do anyhow. If you could somehow sustain that for 100,000 years, you would go from one end to the other. That's how big our galaxy is. But you can't go straight through it because this is star cluster, gas, and black hole. Bad neighborhood. So you got to... <laughs> So you got to arc it a bit. you got to, like, arc it. You know, strong, shortest distance between two points is not a straight line. You don't want to go there. you got to arc it a bit. There's even scientists nowadays think this is 150,000 light years across, which is ridiculous. Just the Milky Way. Just the Milky Way. Where are we? Where is my very excellent mother? Just gave us nine pizzas, or just served us nine pizzas. Where are we? We're right about here. They think. If there's 100,000 light years across, we're two-thirds of the way from the center. If it's 150,000 light years, then we're halfway from the center. 
Is that ridiculous? Next slide. Ah, home again. This is the North American continent. It includes Mexico and Bill and Mary Smith, who we heard from earlier. They're right about there. Mexico, North America, Canada, Alaska, Greenland, the Caribbean, and what's out here? Bermuda. <laughs> Bermuda, thank you. The landmass of the North American continent is 9,450,000 square miles of the North American continent, which is where we are. We're just south of Lake Ontario right there. I'm a maps guy. I love maps. Okay. If the Milky Way galaxy was the size of the North American continent, I'm, then our solar system would be the size of a quarter. That's us in the middle of the North American continent. A U.S. quarter is the size of our solar system. Is that ridiculous? You say, John, you make us feel small. We are small. We are. We're small. <laughs> we are small. Go to the next slide. I mean, he's actually going to use the Bible? Yeah. This is a PowerPoint. No, no, you should never put this much text up on a screen. People can't read it all. It's too much to read. Rebel that I am. <laughs> Submit, therefore, to God. Resist the devil. He will flee. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts. Be miserable and mourn. Let your laughter be turned to mourning. Your joy to gloom, humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you. I'm not going to pull a text out of context, but I just want to focus on one thing. Go to the next slide. There. God has said, he has promised to us, the God of the universe, the God of who made the Milky Way, and the galaxies, and 100,000 light years across, and the North American continent, all the heavens, everything, has promised to us that if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. Does that blow you away? He made all of that and he makes this promise to you and to me. This word God there, it's theos. It means God, creator, owner of all things, supreme being, being who owns and sustains all things. The, the supreme being who owns and sustains all things has promised to us that if we will draw near to him, he will draw near to us. But you say John, in John 14, it said that he would come and make his abode with us, so he's inside us. I still think you need to draw near to him. You still need to make that move, whether it's at initial salvation or as a Christian, just day by day, moment by moment. God just always is waiting for us to make that slight turn to him, and he will be there. He will step astride across the galaxies and be right in your face at just the slightest mention of his name. He promised us, people, that if we would draw near to him, 
He will draw near to us. That's a promise. That means wherever you are, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, all you have to do is make a slight move in God's direction, and he will be in your space, in your face, in your life, in your car, whatever you need. That's his promise to us. If you're going to hear God, you have to believe. Point one, that he wants to be near you. He wants to be in your space. He wants to be with you. All right, hit the first chandelier. Next slide. Law of first mention. A little herky-jerky, this ride, so we're just going to pull right out of astrophysics, and we're going to go right into hermeneutics. If you Google hermeneutics and all these laws, some say there's four, some say there's eight, some say there's 12, some say there's 16. Everybody's got their own number of laws of how to interpret the Bible. But this is a pretty common one, pretty harmless one. This is the law of first mention. It says... This principle requires one to go to that portion of Scripture where the doctrine is mentioned for the first time and to study it. So you can get kind of the original flavor. Anytime a doctrine or something, you read it. The best thing, if you really want to get a feel for it, is go where it was the first mention of that that doctrine, right? right. You've all heard this. It's pretty common. It's hard only stuff. The law of first mention. I like the principle of first mention better. Principle of first mention. Let's go to the next slide. Again, another PowerPoint faux pas. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing on the earth. God said, behold, I've given every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of the earth. Every tree, fruit-yielding seed, it shall all be food for you. And every beast of the earth and bird of the sky and everything that moves on the ground, I've given every green plant for food. It was so. God saw all they had made, and behold, it was very good. It was an evening and a morning the sixth day. First mention, this is not the first time God spoke. The first time he spoke was just to Adam. This is the first time he spoke to Adam and Eve. It's the first mention. The first time he says to them anything, God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. The word blessed there implies kneeling. There was, must have been some sort of kneeling, blessing, receiving. Bless, that word bless includes kneel, a posture. So perhaps Adam and Eve were kneeling before the Lord. And he blessed them. I don't know what he said. But he blessed them and he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. And all that he gave to them. You know, numerous times in uh, verse 4, when God created light, he said it was good. Verse 10, when he created earth and water, he said it's good. Verse 12, vegetation, it is good. Heavens, verse 18, heavens, sun, moon, it is good. 21, fish and birds, it is good. Verse 31, here. Includes everything plus mankind. He said it's very good. That word good means excellent of its kind. Every time he made something, he said this is the most excellent of its kind. My very excellent mother. Matches up a little bit. I'm not saying it's divinely inspired, but it does match up. Excellent. The earth, excellent. He said it's excellent of its kind. When he says very good, it's 
muchness excellent. Abundant excellent. Muchness excellent. This is the environment that God put man in. It's all good. It's excellent good. It's abundant muchness good. First mention, this is what God did for us. Right out of the gate. This is what he created man to live in. Now, you could really look at this and say, when he says be fruitful and multiply, that it was really just kind of a procreation thing. All God was interested in was they would procreate and make more of themselves. And you could say that, yeah, okay, you have your first male and your first female, and we want more of you humans, so procreate. Very kind of raw, basic understanding of it. But I just see the heart of God is more than just that. Yes, he wants them to procreate. He wants more humans to enjoy more of much goodness. More humans and more humans to enjoy more of much goodness and more of much goodness. And he gave everything to them. Let's just say it is just procreating. How do you make babies? Even that was good. It was excellent of its kind. We're all adults. God said, have sex and have lots of it. And it's good. God created it. It's not dirty. It's not filthy. It's not wrong. God created sex. Do it a lot, he said. It's fun. It's exciting. It's excellent. Did you ever think about the temperature in the garden? Perfect temperature to walk around naked? Yeah? They were naked and unashamed. Got cold at night, and what they do at night? They multiplied. <laughs> Sorry, point two. When God speaks, He has good things to say. That's His heart from the beginning. Create something that's excellent of its kind, unmatched by anyone else. No one else could pull this off. Not even human beings could replicate this. And he puts Adam and Eve right in the middle and he says, man, go at it. This is yours. I've given this all to you. You live in this great place. I love you and I've created excellence for you. God's heart. God speaks. He speaks good things over us. Next slide. Tozer said, what comes into a man's, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. We're talking about hearing God, right? Hearing God. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. Do you think he wants to be close to you? He says, draw near to me, and I'll draw near to you. Do you think that when he speaks to you, he's going to have good things to say? He's going to have good things to say. It's a, it's a huge paradigm shift for a lot of people. This is the New Testament. 
I know that because it says it right there. The New Testament. This is a paper Bible. In case you haven't seen one of these in a while. It's a Bible made of paper. This is the New Testament part of it. We're not under the Old Testament law. We're under the New Testament. I used to think this was really hard. The New Testament. Because if you read like in James where it says don't do this and don't do that and submit to flee from the devil and he will you know, submit yourself to God and cleanse your hands. I used to, when I read the New Testament, it was hard. Man, it was hard as the Old Testament. I was like, I can't keep up with this. I can't do all the stuff that's in the New Testament. This is really hard. There's a lot in there. Don't do this. Love your neighbors. Walk in unity. Love people who hate you. Give. Even, you know what I mean? Expecting nothing in, in re- return. All that stuff, it's hard. Used to think that way. The bar's too high. There's a lot in the New Testament of commands, of things that we're told to do. We were prophesying once a month. We have prophetic ministry over here. and we were pro- uh, Bill Stein and I were prophesying over a young lady. And as we were talking about in our prophetic class this morning, you know, the Lord was talking to her about her job and the Lord was speaking to her about the future and things he was going to do with her. And then as we got towards the end of it, the Lord just showed me a picture that every time the Lord would come around here, she would flinch and pull away from him. I said, is that true? I got a picture that every time the Lord comes near you, you flinch and pull away. And she just started crying. See, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. I said, man, you got to be done with that. You can't live there. Who can live there? I mean, every time God comes around you, you pull away, you flinch, you're ashamed, you're embarrassed. And so we ministered to her. We prayed for her. I said, man, you got to get pet. That's not God. That's not God. Flinch and move away from God? He said, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. I, I know, I love you. I've given you the best of everything. You know, the Bible... All right, go to the next slide. A third PowerPoint faux pas. Not only that, the font's too small. My oldest daughter warned me. She said, you can only do four or five pas. You can't do like eight or nine. How many do you have? Twelve. Like, this is what I meant. Admonish the unruly. Encourage the faint-hearted. Help the weak. Be patient to everyone. No, you don't repay evil for evil. Do that which good. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks. Well, that's a lot. That's a lot. Who can do all that? Isn't it a lot? That's hard. There's a lot of stuff there. And this is in the New Testament. You know what? But God changed my heart when he showed me that he's a loving father. These are not commands. This is a description of me walking in the Spirit. When I walk in the Spirit, this is what I look like. Right? It says in Galatians, if you walk in the Spirit, you won't carry out the desires of the flesh. So if I walk in the Spirit, this is, these are not laws for me. This is a description of me. Is that cool? Again, not wanting to pull a Text out of context. I just want to focus on one section of this. We go to the next slide. 
pray without ceasing. This was one of those that was really hard for me because I sensed that when I really, really, really got spiritual, I would be praying all the time, all the time, every minute, every half hour, every hour, every moment of every day. That's what God meant, pray, pray, all the time, pray. I even had a watch that used to beep once an hour. I tried this years ago when I was a new Christian, and every time it beeped, it was supposed to remind me you're supposed to be praying. It's hard. The word pray there, it's the coolest word. I can't pronounce it in the Greek. I tried. I couldn't. This is what it means. You gotta, you're going to love this word. It's a combination of two thoughts. Just the word prayer. It's a combination of two thoughts. The first is towards and exchange. And the second is to wish and pray. Towards and exchange, wish and pray. Just the word prayer. It means to exchange wishes. An interaction with the Lord whereby we are switching our human wishes or ideas with his wishes as he imparts faith. That's what that word means. Is that ridiculous? It means as we're dialoguing with the Lord, we're constantly exchanging wishes and ideas with him. We say, Lord, I want to do this. I really would love to do this for my kids. And he says, yeah, that's really good, but try it this way. Same thing, but just do it this way. You say, Lord, I really want to invest like this, and I think this would be a good thing. He says, yeah, investing is good, but try it this way. It's constantly exchanging your wishes and ideas with God. That's what that word means. Is that cool? You want to be kingdom-minded? Always be in a place where you're constantly exchanging your thoughts with him and your wishes. Say, Lord, I really want to do this for somebody. He says, that is awesome. Okay, just do it this way. Put this little angle on it. Okay. And it's a constant, and I become kingdom-minded because he's he's the kingdom. Without ceasing... That's the hard part. Without ceasing means without any unnecessary interval. What does it imply? That there's necessary intervals. There's times in your life you can't pray. He never said pray every second of the day, every hour of the day, every day of the day. You can't do it. There's times when you have to do other stuff. There's times when you're in a meeting and, and things are happening and discussing. You can't be praying. You've got to pay attention. He doesn't want you praying every second of the day. He doesn't want you under that law, that drive, like, I've got to constantly be praying. He says, without any unnecessary interval. There's going to be necessary intervals. There's going to be times when you're not praying. He's cool with it. So what do I do when it's over? You go back to praying. You go back to switching, exchanging your thoughts with his. That's what he wants. He wants it to go on all day long. He wants to dialogue all day long with you. It's not an event. It's a lifestyle. And it's a constant lifestyle of exchanging wishes and ideas with the Lord about everything. Whether it's your investments, whether it's your spiritual gifts, whether it's the kind of shoes you're going to buy. Everything. He's interested in everything. Seven months ago, I bought a pair of shoes. I thought they were great. I got them home. I tried them on. They didn't work. 
I returned them. Last weekend, I was looking for shoes again. I look at the same shoes. Couldn't remember why I didn't like them last time. Same shoes, had them on my feet. He said to me, remember that little thing about them you didn't like? I said, oh, okay. Exchanging wishes. He reminded me, don't buy them again. You're just going to have to come back and return them again. <laughs> I didn't remember seven months later. Now he says, it's got that little thing you don't like. I said, oh, okay. Thank you, Lord. He cares about your shoes. He cares about your car. He cares about your life. He wants you to be kingdom-minded, constantly exchanging your thoughts with his, your ideas with his. He's not saying, you know, stuff is stupid. What do you wish? What kind of wish and idea is that? He says, it's a good idea. Let's just tweak it a little bit. Let's just do it this. He puts a little faith on it. You could do it that way, but if you do it this way, by faith, this could happen. You're like, yeah, I'm in. That's much better. You can invest 100 and get 1,000. What if I showed you how to get 10,000? Ooh, that's a better idea, Lord. I'll take it. You're constantly exchanging. That's my third point. That would be Rick's head. Chandelier, chandelier, Rick's head. No, I've got to put it in the cup. Thanks. Don't move, Rick. Simple message. I hoped that the points are simple. But somehow I could make them profound enough or memorable enough that you would remember them. This is the bedrock of hearing God. The bedrock, if you want to hear God. You have to believe that he wants to be in your world. If you draw near to him, he will draw near to you. As Ralph was here, that's a yowzer moment for me. The God of the heavens, the God of the universe... I almost get a picture of him. He's like in heaven. And all that's going on up there and the elders and the noise and the praising. And you go, I'll be right back. And he steps in front of John. He looks around heaven and goes, I'll be right back. And he steps because I called him. Yes, son, what do you want? What's going on? Well, I'm really worried about this. Tell me about it. It just really bugs me as this happens. Okay. Well, talk to me about it. Well, I just wish this didn't happen. Okay, but it did. So what are you going to do about it? And you start the dialogue. He wants to be in your world. He wants to be with you. The second point is when he talks to you, he's going to say something good. He's going to say something good. God knows how to, God knows how to correct you, and you still walk away feeling good. Sometimes it's like having band-aids ripped off. I know. But you look at the end result, you go, you know, that really had to happen. I'm thankful, Lord. Sometimes wisdom is vindicated by your children. Sometimes things have to go on a little bit before you look back and you go, you know what? God's hand was in that. Because he always has good for us. And the third thing is that he really wants it all day long. Without any unnecessary interval, he wants a constant dialogue with you and with me. Simple points hope they're memorable. I hope they stick with you for, and us for the future. Good stuff. Could you bow your head? Bow your head and just... You know, it's possible that there are people here that have never committed their lives to the Lord. Or it's possible that you want to recommit. 
or there's an area of your life you want to recommit. And when the Lord says to you, if you draw, to me, draw near to me, I'll draw near to you, that means something to you. That means something to someone here. Maybe you say, you know what? I want to draw near to him. If that's you, just raise your hand. You say, I want to draw near to you, Lord. Okay. You know, it's possible that you're here today and it's hard for you to believe that God is good. I know someone like this. I know someone To them, God is a hard God. And it breaks my heart. This friend of mine. To them, God is a hard God. Perhaps you feel that way. That God is a hard God. How can I ever achieve this? Or how can I please Him? You need to know that when He speaks to you, He's going to say good things. If that's speaking to someone here, Raise your hand. Okay. Thank you. I have never been more hungry for the Lord than I have been the last few months. I have never prayed more, Lord, fill me with your spirit. I don't want to be half full or quarter full. I want to be filled with your spirit, Lord. I need to be filled with your spirit. Not just because I'm preaching. I want to be filled with your spirit every day of my life. I can't read Acts anymore and see the distance between the truth that's in Acts and the reality that's in my own life. I believe that what we see in Acts, we're supposed to be living. And so I long for that moment-by-moment exchange with him where I'm listening and I'm hearing and I'm obeying and I'm seeing those things happen. Now, if that is speaking to anyone here today, raise your hand. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Why don't you stand up? Let's just lift our hands before the Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, you're the only one that can satisfy. You're the only one that can satisfy, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're the only one that can satisfy, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Father, for every hand that was raised, I pray that you would honor that individual for having the boldness to say, that's me. Only you can satisfy, Lord. I believe that every day is important and every moment is important and every act is important to him. Just raising your hand, you drew near to him. You're saying, Lord, that's me. Father, I pray, April 17th, 2016, new beginning. 
for those in this place that would reach out and say, Father, I'm drawing near to you. Draw near to me. Speak good things in my ear. And let's start every day, every moment, talking and exchanging and walking together, Lord. Thank you, Father. I'd ask the prayer teams to come up. Thank you, Lord. Father, I pray your blessing upon every individual in this place, Lord, that this would be memorable, that this would be unforgettable, Lord, and it would change, it would revolutionize the way that people think about you and dialogue with you and prayer with you. I pray that this would, those things that about God is hard and he's difficult and I can't make it and I can't do it and I'm alone, they would just be gone in Jesus' name and that they would know the fellowship and love of an incredible Father, that He is cheering them on. Father, You are cheering us on. And I thank You. We really hope you enjoyed this week's message. Please join us again sometime, and be sure to check out our exciting resources at newhopecom.org.